All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. Gojo and Golick with Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick <laughs> Sr., and Jesse Cofield. Uh, hanging out at the bus. Whatever. Draft Whatever. Listen, play it hurt this morning, Halloween last night. I didn't ask for any of this. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Uh, got a great show for you guys, as always. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out right here live, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, on DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube, Samsung TV+, Roku, and more. We've got Matt Leiner. Uh, former Heisman Trophy winner, going to join us today. Ryan Fitzpatrick, going to help get us ready for Thursday night football. But it is Wednesday, and that means we are very excited. Coming off Halloween, spooky season is over. November is here, and Charlotte Wilder is back for another Wilder Wednesday. Char, how we doing, bud? Oh, fantastic. Uh, the intros are always, I'm filled with warmth. I just, I'm like, <laughs> Wilder Wednesday, and I hear my name, and I'm like, the gang is back together again. So thrilled to be here, guys. Some big stuff. Some big stuff oh, yeah. happening in the sports world. I was going to say, we have a lot to get to this morning. Obviously, more World Series action. The college football playoff committee's first round of rankings came out last night. Certainly want to get to that with everybody. Uh, Charlotte was a part of breaking and uh, reporting some of the biggest news yesterday. The interview heard around the world uh, between Marcus yeah. Jordan and <laughs> Larsa Pippen over at Pablo Torre finds out. And so, Charlotte, we've got a full debrief coming on that. But my move to uh, the West Coast has never felt more justified than it did last night, Dad, because while everybody else was slumbering, nestled into their beds, I was rolling back in post-West Coast trick-or-treating and opening up ESPN.com to see Josh McDaniel's face staring at me, wondering why it's all of a sudden reading at 1 o'clock in the morning Eastern, Josh McDaniel's fired as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. Dad, have you ever seen in your 20 plus years of doing this a shock drop in the middle of the night like this firing an NFL head coach well I mean I, I'm sure it's happened I, I, I find it hard to believe that this would be the first time but I, I guess this totally wasn't unexpected it was just a matter of when not if because you always ask the question are you better off doing it during the season waiting until after the season doing it now as we'll talk about it opens you up to be able to start to look for another head coach even if he's employed somewhere else, then you have to backdoor that uh, because it would be illegal. But it does free you up. But, I mean, it, it's not surprising after that last game when we talked about Jamari Gibbs outgaining the Raiders all by himself and just how bad I've covered this team twice this year and look to do it again in two weeks because they did not flex the Jets-Raiders game. So I am covering that in two weeks for Westwood One on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, listen, the Raiders are always a story, and now what a storyline that we have with them, and probably a bad storyline for Mark Davis as, remember, he settled with John Gruden after the whole, you know, email thing going on. He had signed the 10-year deal, so they settled on an amount. 
Now he's got over four years of paying Josh McDaniels as well. So that's a whole lot of money for nothing in return. It's been pretty brutal so far. Their GM, Dave Ziegler, was also let go. And so the Las Vegas Raiders will now be helmed by Antonio Pierce and general manager Champ Kelly as they march forward into this season. And Charlotte, you'd have to imagine this is going to be the last time that we see Josh McDaniels as a head coach in the NFL. Uh, the bites at the apple have all been sour for him at that spot. Are you excited for his inevitable reunion with the New England Patriots after this season if the offense continues to not work as well? Well, first of all, Mike, I like your optimistic thinking that it won't be his, that this is his last go round at head coach, <laughs> except the way the NFL works, he's going to be, you know, he'll be in Charlotte in like three years. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, yes, I, first of all, yes, please, Josh, go back to New England. They need some help. I, I do, though, I just keep coming back to the Belichick coaching tree. Like, it's cursed. If yeah. you work yeah. for Bill Belichick, when the New England Patriots were dynasty, you signed some deal with the devil that's like, I'm going to get a ring now. I might get a few. It's going to be worth it. I'm going to get to work with the greatest quarterback of all time. And then any professional experience will be very bad and I will fail. Because even the guys, I mean, Brian Dable right now with the Giants, we see how, like, that would be the closest thing to success from a Belichick former assistant that we've got right now. I mean, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, I guess Vrabel, Vrabel's the one, but he was more of a player. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it, it, there, there is something, it's almost like Bill doesn't really want people to succeed. He's like, I'll give you just enough so that you can get the job, and then I will not have told you what you actually need to know to win these games. I mean, listen, it, it's Bill O'Brien has been the most successful one, right? As we've talked about winning divisions. I will disagree with you, Charlotte. He will never be a head coach in the NFL again. Uh, there, there are even, and, and I know what you're saying in just wait a little bit, it'll happen again. But I think the game has changed too much over the years and there are too many up and coming uh, coordinators out there for anybody to say, Wait, this guy lasted, what, 28 games with the Broncos, got fired in his second year with the Broncos, lasted 25 games with the Raiders with an anemic offense. I do not think – and some guys are just better as coordinators. I, I found this out when I talked to the late great – I've talked about this. Um, uh, uh, my D coordinator uh, in Philadelphia. I Bud just, Carson. Bud Carson, thank you very much. Was you know built so many great defenses? Well, he was given a head coaching shot in Cleveland, and it didn't work out. And we, I've I've talked with him many times, and even said, you know, I was. It's better for me to be a coordinator right than a head coach. Some people are just better at coordinating than being the CEO of a team, and we're finding that out with Josh McDaniels. He is he is not going to I don't think be a head coach again we see he's he's been a really good coordinator I think that's what he will be back doing and for as long as he wants to continue to coach in the NFL that will be his sole job and not be a head coach anymore all right Charlotte what's the funniest possible outcome for Josh McDaniels from here on out is it number one New England Patriots offensive coordinator in 2024 <laughs> is it number two Alabama analyst in 2024 yeah. ah. Nick Saban's school of wayward boys to go through the rehabilitation process there and come out on the other side new or behind door number three is it Josh McDaniels University of Iowa offensive coordinator oh wow <laughs> I mean they're all for the funniest one is definitely Iowa coordinator um definite but but I'm gonna up the ante here Mike not it's not going to be Josh McDaniels Patriots 2024 <laughs> offensive coordinator. It's going to be Josh McDaniels and Bill O'Brien co-offensive oh, coordinators oh, 2024. No. That's the funniest to me. That's the funniest possible outcome. Wait, did you say co-offensive coordinators or co-defensive coordinators? Are we going to go full Bizarro like the Bel uh, Belichick did before? That would be having something. Having his former D coordinator Defensive. and special teams coach coach offense. I feel like just to continue the bit, you've got to have Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels coach the Patriots defense and turn the offense over to Steve Belichick. Wait, wait, wait. I have another one for you guys. Josh McDaniels, Patriots special teams. Wow. Yes. All right. Oh, there we be go. Be versatile, right? Be versatile. Right. Learn, learn all the positions here. It's... What a mess. What a, His what assistant a, coach, Connor Stallions, will be on staff. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I wonder, Honestly, too. do you think Connor Stallions was a Patriots fan? Do you think in 2006 he was like, 
Maybe this is how you play football. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know how old Connor Stallions is at this point, but he feels like a guy that came up during that era and was highly motivated to pursue his passions based off what he saw from the premier NFL franchise at the time. So, Bill, Tom, uh, Rob, I hope you're all happy with the world that you've created in college football right now with your shenanigans at the NFL level. The children were watching. So you're not I, I cheating, want, you're not trying. I, I wonder, do we think... Was there any conversations with Devontae Adams and Mark Davis? Was there anything where, you know, Devontae Adams has been unbelievably, you know, disenchanted with what's going on with the trade deadline coming up? And again, I have no idea. This is the fun of doing this. You can just speculate. You know, was there a thought of he wanted out of there? Was there a thought of Mark Davis saying, wait, we're going to change things? And oh, by the way, we'll change them right now to try and keep you happy. And and there could very well be nothing because they don't have to trade him. They just keep him and, you know, and bring in the next coach and however you're going to change this offense uh, to make Devontae Adams a big part of it. But you wonder, because we talk about player empowerment, especially in the NBA, if there was any kind of conversation with Mark Davis and Devontae Adams at all. I'm not sure what Devontae Adams needed to say in person that his frustration on the sideline of that game this weekend didn't already send as a message to Mark Davis. Jesse, do we have the statement from Mark Davis uh, and the man with the most infamous haircut in the NFL on this? We certainly do. Okay, so here we go. Three, two, one. After much thought about (laughs) what the Raiders need to move forward. I've decided to part ways with Josh and Dave. I want to thank them both for their hard work and wish them and their families nothing but the best. So that's the equivalent of hags. Have a great summer and never change. (laughs) Um, I, I feel like to Senior's point, if there was an owner in the league who could be swayed by like somebody throwing a fit on the sidelines like Devontae Adams did, it would be Mark Davis. It absolutely would be. And with Josh McDaniels, you couple, I I think that's just it. The frustration lying on your side of the ball is almost always a recipe to be shown the door early. It's why we've talked so much about Brandon Staley in this line as well with the Los Angeles Chargers because the defense has struggled so much. The Raiders, 30th in points per game, 31st in total yards, 32nd in rush yards per game with Josh Jacobs in your freaking backfield. So all of these things adding up as problems and ineptitude on your side of the football, even though as the head coach, it's not the same as just being the coordinator. You're not just solely judged by that. Dad, I still think your specialty being the weakness ultimately always damns you as a head coach. Oh, I think without question. And that's why we were looking at kind of at Brandon Staley first. Had they maybe lost to the Bears, there was rumors circulating that that could have been the end for him. And now all of a sudden, it looks rejuvenated out there, at least for the time being, because the offense looked like the Chargers offense that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree. When you when you fail on your side of the ball, that's going to get you out the door quicker than normal. So we'll see. As you mentioned, Antonio Pierce, uh, linebacker coach, taking over, immediately going against his former team in the Giants, who he was a linebacker for. So right out of the gate, he gets both New York teams, Giants and then the Jets. And uh, But uh, Charlotte, I don't know what changes. You know, it's not like the personnel changed. You know, so what what changes here outside of just knowing this team is going in a different direction after this year. Yeah, I wonder this a lot. When you've got a team that clearly isn't gelling, clearly things aren't working, and you fire the coach, you know, it's it's really like building rebuilding the plane as you fly it for the rest of the season. It's sort of a, it's like, okay, well, we're going to call it now so that at least fans and hopefully the people inside the building know that we're serious about trying to fix this. Um, but yeah, I don't envy the job of somebody coming in and having to take over something so broken when I, I guess, I guess, you know, it, it can give players the hope of like, okay, well, like we're starting over. Here's a fresh start. Like, it, it gets to a point where there's just so much frustration in the locker room that that's sort of all you can do. Uh, I do think, sorry, but Raiders Giants, funniest possible matchup you could have the the game after your coach gets fired. I mean, that Jets Giants game was, I know, Oof. I know it's Wednesday by now. I haven't gotten a chance to just thank the football gods for what they gave us. Um, so maybe if they're, you know, maybe the Raiders, and I say this as a Patriots fan, so everybody relax. It's, it's, there's a lot of bad football going on this year, but maybe of all the teams you could face, 
as the Raiders, there's there's a chance of like, let's get a dub to start this thing off, guys. I, I do firmly believe, though, that you're right. There is a very real chance that they could go out there and get a win this weekend, especially depending on if Daniel Jones is ready to come back or not for the New York Giants. I know he's been cleared for contact and practice, but I still think that Jeff Saturday should get to coach this game. I feel oh, like wow. that should be a rite of passage for every NFL team going through a coaching change. Jeff gets to coach just one. Wait, what is the what is the Giants' third string quarterback name? Tommy, Tommy DeVito. Tommy, Tommy DeVito. De- Tommy DeVito. Okay, has anyone said this? Because I feel like the Giants just went to New Jersey, went to like you know, Teaneck, and were like, hey, uh, they went into like some some deli, or and they were like, oh my god, we are. Does anybody know anyone who used to play at like Don Bosco? And they're like, oh yeah, my nephew Tony DeVito. And they're like, great. We need him. Get him out there. And it's just my favorite thing that's happened in a long time. It's so like Tommy DeVito. That would be like getting. I'm not even I'm not going to start making. (laughs) But it's just like it's like really good. It's really good. And I just want everybody to appreciate that. It sounds like they just got they just like found someone in New Jersey. 100%. 100%. They, yeah. they just they went man on the street quarterback edition and ended up giving him his moment uh, in the sun. So we'll see if Tommy DeVito gets to reprise his role against this version of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Josh McDaniels lost his job, not by his choice. Charlotte, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as we transition into the rest of the news. The last few days, you host Oddball with Amin El Hassan, great basketball podcast that you can get every day but Monday as part of the DraftKings Network and Meadowlark Media. And Charlotte, I'm sure you guys have had a lot to talk about. As James Harden uh, gets to change his job by his own terms, he winds up with the Los Angeles Clippers now. I saw Nick Nurse yesterday said that it wasn't some big cumbersome thing, tried to claim that it wasn't a huge distraction for them. But how relieved do you really think the 76ers are at this point? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me, Mike? Are you kidding me? This this is a gift from heaven for them. The fact that this happened like four games into the season, thank God, because otherwise you're just dealing with the specter of James Harden. Is he going to play? Is he going to get on the team? Um, and yes, please. Please check out Oddball uh, on YouTube also. And I wrote a Substack, thewilderthings.substack.com, about the actual, when you go back and look at the drama surrounding this James Harden situation, it is it is the best reality show on television. This goes back over a decade. This goes back to Harden 2009 in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook. Then he get in 2012, Harden goes to the Rockets with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey, now the GM of the Sixers, who brought him there. This is also the third team that Harden has forced his way out of since 2021. And he is now reunited with Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles. And you might remember that in 2019, they tried that. Harden was like, you have to trade for Russell Westbrook. And Maury was like, okay. They bring him in, lose in the Western Conference semifinals. I mean, like this is this is like... This is like when in sports you want to think that the people in charge are making decisions and they know something more than you do and they're smarter than you are. But you're like, I said on Oddball, I'm like, this is a fool me four times situation. This is also like James Harden is the guy in a relationship where everything keeps not working out and every relationship, it's awful. And you have to sit him down and be like, buddy, what is one thing that these four relationships have in common I think it might be you. And he's like, no. And you're like, and and then the Clippers come along and they're like, we can fix him. And it's yeah. like, you can't. He, you probably he is, can't. He's the guy that's been divorced four times yeah. and is looking around wondering why he's paying so much alimony. So, yeah, w- w- wait a minute. I, yeah, why why aren't I the man? I, and and now you mentioned four. Well, he's with one part, part of four guys who are all basically close to 35 years old, I think, except for one. I think uh, uh, Kawhi is like 32 or 33. So, uh, I don't think it's happening. So good luck on not winning a championship and and seeing what kind of disaster runs when Harden isn't happy there because he won't be. I mean, that's his M.O. So I, re- I really think for the other side, side, Charlotte, real quick, is for the 76ers, Joel Embiid is the, is the only one with a guaranteed contract after this year. So they can do tons with this roster. Tyrese Maxey is kind of the guy now taking Harden's spot, and they love him there, and he's been playing well at the beginning of the season. But you wonder how this now works for Philadelphia that can basically reinvent themselves. But they they could reinvent themselves. There's also the whole, you know, Embiid to New York conversation oh. that I personally love. I think I, I would be shocked if that happens um, just because I feel like 
if they can, first of all, you've got Maxi, you, I mean, even Pat Bev, like people have been loving Pat Bev there and like, and you can trade, you can trade all of these pieces in and out. And if he goes to New York, he has to deal with the wonderful organization of James Dolan. Um, so I just, I see it more likely that Philly builds around him and maybe it finally works, but who's to say? <laughs> Well, I think it's important to keep in mind that as we factor the Knicks uh, portion of this into the equation, we're going to be probably four years from that. You've got to make sure that Joel Embiid is well past his prime, yeah. but still a name that people know so that then the Knicks can swing big, bring him in there while he's injured, missing more games during the season and largely less effective. That is when he becomes ready to be the star of the Knicks future in the present moment there. That is showbiz, baby. That's why you guys need to check out Oddball, Oddball and subscribe to the wilderthings.substack. Coming up next, though, the NFL trade deadline was giving yesterday. Who's going to play D-line for the Washington Commanders anymore? We try and sort through the wreckage next here on Gojo and Golik. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The trade deadline has come and gone. Let's go over some of the more notable deals that got done yesterday. So commanders traded both of their starting defensive ends, sending Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers, Montez Sweat to the Bears. Vikings acquired Cardinals quarterback Josh Dobbs after that Kirk Cousins season-ending injury. Packers dealt cornerback Rasul Douglas to the Bills. And finally, the Browns sent wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions. Guys, few moves to take note of here. Commanders, clearly on to 2024, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, whether you want to call it the tank or, or just uh, an understanding of what was coming in the future, Dad, because for them, both their star pass rushers now and Chase Young and Montez Sweat calling different teams homes, both of them were going to be up for new deals potentially next year and guys that weren't going to be on the team anymore. And so uh, you – Saw the writing on the wall for a team that had really been sliding the last few games. But, Dan, I don't know. You looked at – I feel like both of these moves were received very differently where Chase Young going to the 49ers, this defensive line rich program with a great D-line coach and putting them opposite Nick's Bo Nick Bosa, which is going to help anybody, and for only a third-round pick, very well received, versus the Chicago Bears going and grabbing Montez Sweat, who you could have, they argued, had in free agency at the end of the year. You're going to have to re-sign him now to a big number anyway because you've done this and you gave up a second round pick for a guy that's three years older than Chase Young. I don't, I don't get the sweat deal at all. I mean, I really don't. Chase Young, understand the potential there because let's remember, he had a big rookie year, seven and a half sacks. And then 21 and 22, we played, I think, nine and three games respectively. He's had, got five sacks going on this year, but he's going to be put on a one hell of a D-line. Now they had a heck of a D-line there with the two of them. And Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as the interior guys. I mean, that was that was set to be a, a pretty good line or thought to be, uh, but Young had missed some time there. So I look at what a win for him to go to that team, that defense, which by the way hasn't been you know all that in a bag of chips as of late. That defense, they definitely need to get back to what they were doing, uh, and he can help that with the rotation as well. 
the sweat situation, remember the Bears last year gave up a second rounder for Chase Claypool, which clearly didn't work, and they gave up a second rounder here. So for a team, I think that should be using those as assets to get young players. Now have put themselves in the position, Mike, and, and you, you said it. I mean, are, are they going to tag him at the end of the year? Are they going to sign him to a deal? And if you're going to sign him to a deal, he again has the all the the – the leverage, it's like Laramie Tunsil, right? When when that deal went down and Tunsil, you wait, you traded for me, you brought me in here. Well, you gotta have to pay me now or let me go, or I'm just a, a few game rental. It's one thing if you said the 49ers were doing a rental with Chase Young because they're actually in a Super Bowl run. Montez Sweat is with the Bears. They are not in any kind of run at all, except for how good your pick is going to be. And oh, by the way, Washington getting their second round pick could be a pretty damn good one for as bad as Chicago is right now. So this one, I didn't understand giving up that kind of draft capital for a guy that you're going to be, if he wants to stay there, you he holds all the cards as far as what you're going to have to pay him because you're the one that gave up capital for him. So that one surprised me a little bit. And Charlotte, I do feel like the 49ers acquisition is proof that bullying sometimes works because, as many have said, Joe Burrow cooked a little bit too hard this last weekend. And it brought up the sentiment that Dad uttered there, which was, oh man, this 49ers defense, maybe not as good as we thought. And they immediately heard that and went out and brought in Chase Young to put opposite his former Ohio State Buckeye brethren and Nick Bosa. That feels like a direct effect and result of Joe Burrow. Yeah, I also th- I feel like Kyle Shanahan sort of bends to, if not public opinion, to what people are saying, which might be what he's thinking. Um, like even the even the choice of Trey Lance and uh, and then not playing him, and then like Brock Purdy does well, so he's like, let's go with it. And I admire that because I think a lot of times people get too stuck in their ways and dig their heels in and they're like, I'm not going to change. And, you know, you got John Lynch being like, all right, you, you, and I don't know how this works. I don't know whether Kyle goes to John, the GM and is like, Hey, uh, I do want chase. Uh, and John's like, okay. Or whether John's like, Hey, I've been reading Twitter. I think we need some help. Um, I would love to know what that dynamic (laughs) is like. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you have a, a, a shot, I mean, the 49ers team is so stacked and you can bring somebody in. Great. I agree that the the Montez Sweat thing. I mean, the Bears are just like I it, 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 it defies logic, really, to be honest, with with the choices that they make. And it goes back to what I was saying about the Clippers and Harden, where you're just like, I would like to understand what you're thinking and if you know something that I don't know because I can't make the logic logic. Well, and I think that's the thing from the outside looking in is we're looking for a straight path that a team is walking here. Are you a team that is fully invested in your future? We tend to work in binaries where it's are you fully invested in your future or are you a team that's in win now mode right now when in actuality most of the NFL does exist in this sort of gray area. The Chicago Bears do it with much more team history and interest because of who they are and the logo on the side of their helmet and the fact that they've got a young quarterback that's exciting that we're still trying to figure out if he's good. But at this point, we're still trying to figure out if he's good. We're trying to figure out if they're going to be picking high in the next draft. We're trying to figure out if Matt Eberflus, their head coach, is yeah. even going to be the guy coaching Montez Sweat next year beyond this contract. And so, Dad, I think that's some of the struggle is I can't really see a coherent timeline for the Chicago Bears at this point. It no. seems like a choose-your-own-adventure story that's got every option on the table right yeah, now. Yeah, like I said, last year you, you trade with using a second-rounder. This time you trade a second-rounder. Surprising to me. Now, quickly, teams that are in it this year. We just mentioned Chase Young to San Fran. Remember, he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up, so this is the last year of his rookie deal. So this truly could be a rental if they see what they get out of him and don't want him, they could just let him go uh, in free agency. Uh, you sit there and, and look at a team like Jacksonville. I know nobody thinks it's sexy, but getting Ezra Cleveland, you know, yeah. the offensive lineman from Minnesota, Jacksonville's pass, uh, pass rush win rate or pass blocking win rate is like third lowest in the league. So they needed help. 
you know, on that side of the ball. Not a sexy signing, but they needed help. Rasul Douglas going to the Bills. I mean, Tredavious yeah. White had been out for them. Uh, as far as the back seven, Matt Milano had been out for them. They needed help. Listen, going all the way back to – all the way back. When Kevin Byard went from Tennessee to Philadelphia, a good move because their secondary has been nicked up. So a nice move getting him uh, as well. Not sure what the Josh Dobbs thing does, in all honesty. He had – you know, been struggling a bit in Arizona. The numbers look decent, but if you look at the way they run their offense, you know, it was it was really to benefit him and not put too much on his shoulder. So I, I'm not sure where that one's going to go. Well, I, he is walking into a markedly better situation. Like, I can only imagine for both Chase Young and for Josh Dobbs and a lot of these guys, right? Uh, you look at Razul Douglas now all of a sudden getting to go over from a Green Bay team that looked listless to a contender. Yep. These guys are waking up this morning feeling pretty damn good because yep. now all of a sudden the football they're playing matters. But Josh Dobbs especially plays a dependent position on a team that we thought was in contention for the number one overall pick, and he was the one trying to hold that together, running for his life. Now he's going to be playing behind one of the more underrated offensive lines in the league he stands to get Justin Jefferson back at some point here as the season goes along and he's still got Jordan Addison and the rest of this offense that's looked pretty good the last couple of games and so for Josh Dobbs he's all of a sudden going to look out and wonder why football feels so easy now yeah. compared to how it felt a couple of weeks ago so I, I think dad that one and we talk about the directions of teams we were all fascinated were the Vikings going to wave the white flag and admit defeat and say hey our best receivers hurt our quarterback just popped his Achilles this is probably not not supposed to work out for us let's try and aim this thing a little bit more towards the tank than towards the promised land but with Josh Dobbs you've at least got a competent veteran who walks in and I'm sure Charlotte if nothing else you send a message to everyone else in that locker room hey we're going to try something here and see how it works out there weren't a ton of great options on the table but this one became apparent so we took our shot Totally. And I think that he's going to have so much more success there, even if this isn't a contender for a championship this year. They are going to be able to at least keep pace in a way that if you're trying to build something for next year, you guys need that because otherwise they're going to get disillusioned and be like, what are we like? What are we even doing? Um, so I love it. I think it's fun. I really I really hope Josh succeeds there. I think it's been fun watching him when he's had these flashes of of really good games. The only problem is they'll win just enough to not have a high pick, not make the playoffs and pick well. right in the middle of the draft. <laughs> well, I mean, or maybe they looked or at what he was doing for Arizona and said, he's the perfect guy to captain and drive the tank. And so let's bring him in here. And Lord, I have seen what you have done for others. And I want that for me as well. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The first college football playoff rankings were revealed last night. Uh, here's how it shook out, guys, right here. As you can see, we got Ohio State at one, Georgia at two, Michigan at three, and Florida State at four. Guys, Ohio State is the only team among the five unbeaten teams at the top of the rankings with two wins over teams in the top 15, okay? So, like, no significant surprises atop the rankings, but how do we feel about this first ranking and how everything shook out? Well, yeah, we I, talked I, about this yeah. yesterday. Dad, how did you feel about this? I, I don't think Ohio State – I mean, listen, it's the first ranking. It doesn't really matter. To me, it was more who was just on the outside looking in because I, I – 
if I'm going by who I think is by my eye test, you know, I know you have the different criteria to look at, I would almost put Ohio State fourth uh, behind these, these other teams. Because um, I, I, I truly, I know I, they do have the two best wins over number 11 Penn State and number 15 Notre Dame. Uh, Penn State, I don't think, is as good as people think. Uh, and I think we'll find out when they play Michigan as well. So, But as I said, it doesn't matter because Ohio State and Michigan are playing. Uh, Florida State runs a table they're in. We can sit there and wait for a team like Alabama uh, if they make it to the SEC championship game to play Georgia if Georgia gets by Missouri this week. I know a game you're calling, Mike. So t- to me, it was seeing Washington and Oregon and Texas at 5, 6, and 7, how those teams stack because rarely do we see the first four be the final four. So in, tar- in terms of that, Charlotte, all but two teams that were ranked number one in the initial CFP rankings for their year. So again, this is year 10 of the college football playoff. We've had nine previous number ones in the initial rankings. Only two of those previous number ones have failed to reach the playoffs in Mississippi State, who was number one in the first rankings, and then Tennessee, who was number one in the rankings last year. So besides that, number one has usually been a team indicative of quality, and especially when these rankings come come out that finds their way into all this Charlotte are you amazed that head-to-head seems to only matter in certain cases here because that to me was the thing that jumped out the most when you got to Washington and Oregon at five and six obviously Washington owns the head-to-head win against the Oregon Ducks recently and so that makes some sense and number seven Texas over number eight Alabama obviously got the head-to-head win on the road in Tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa, but then staring up from number nine at Texas is Oklahoma, who beat Texas not three games ago, and now apparently because they lost to Kansas, has to stare up at them in this first ranking because for them, head-to-head doesn't matter. Was that surprising at all to you, Charlotte? No, it's not surprising. Is it fair? Probably not. I think there's a lot of recency bias when we do these. I also think that a loss matters more than a win, and so they lose to Kansas. They are no longer, it doesn't matter who they beat because this is what that we've got sort of blinders on looking at this. I think that also for fans um, of these bigger programs, it can be like, well, but we're still, I know we lost that game three weeks ago, but, but we're still better because we beat these other teams. It's like the transit of property gets all it like, it's like if math didn't actually math basically yes. is what these rankings are. Um, and I think that the the sorry to go here, but the Michigan of it all is you can't you can't ignore that Michigan at number three amid this massive cheating scandal where people are like, you know, Connor Stallions is on the sidelines, potentially dressed up in a disguise with maybe, <laughs> you know, a, a video camera in his sunglasses like I can't get past that. And I, and I, ca- I can't. That is the first thing I thought of. I know it's very reductive and boring when there's so much else to talk about in college football, but Michigan at three, like if you're Ohio State, are you irate? Are you like, oh, okay, cool. So like the 2022 game where allegedly you stole all of our signs and beat us, that doesn't, I I don't know. I I don't know how you deal with this. I don't know how you qualify it, but it is fascinating to me. I do love Connor Stallions having more and more pictures emerge. Charlotte referencing that apparently on the Central Michigan sideline now, there have been pictures that emerged from last year when they were playing Michigan of Connor Stallions clad in Central Michigan gear with sunglasses that looked like they had a weird little light on them that people were speculating about now. I saw Jim McElwain had to come out and address this right now, which is only the second weirdest picture involving potentially Jim McElwain Wayne that he's ever had to address look up the fishing picture if you haven't already but uh, Charlotte Boo Corrigan who uh was is the athletic director at NC State and is the college football playoff committee chairperson got asked about that last night and said we view this as an NCAA issue, not a CFP issue. And this is where college football's got this difficult balancing act. College football's championship is not governed by the NCAA. The CFP is its own separate entity, and they're not an entity that's going to investigate. They're not probing this situation in Michigan right now. So the only information they've got is the information that's being reported. Now, Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director, is on the college football playoff committee. He is one of the 13 members. However, when Michigan is discussed, anytime in the room, if you've got got a conflict of interest you're recused you got to leave and so he's not involved in what they're saying about him which has to be so fun for the rest of that committee room to gossip about Michigan when he walks out of the room it's like when the friend that you all want to talk crap about leaves the room and then everyone turns to each other and gets ready to spill the tea 
But also uh, that you that you ask them to leave the room so that you can talk about them. Like, yeah, I, if I'm Ward Manual, I pull the move where I accidentally leave my phone in there. I mean, you're already under suspicion of espionage. Put, leave your phone in there with the record on there and just see what everyone has to say. Lean in, you. buddy. Lean in. E either that or go way back in the day and walk out and then put the glass to the door and kind of listen in to hear what, what everybody's <laughs> saying. That picture would be worth more oh, than any Connor it, the Stallion picture it, 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 it on would Earth. Be awesome. But the, the bottom line of all of this, if anything happens in Michigan, it's not happening for a couple of years. So what's going to happen this year is they're going to get to play it out on the field. So Ohio State can be upset where they see Michigan there, but they're going to have to play them uh, the last game of the season. And the winner is most likely going to be in, and the loser most likely is going to be out. And nothing that goes on in this you know, espionage situation will have any say in it this year. So from the player standpoint, they're just going to get ready to play Michigan. And if they're smart, which I'm sure they will be, they'll change their signals, as every team should be doing a decent amount anyway. You have to prepare for that and, and get that done. Um, so, Mike, I, I, we haven't asked you. What, what do you think of these rankings? Are these on for you or, or is it off? Yeah, these work for me. The rankings uh, are supposed to reflect what you've done. The wins are supposed to matter. So while we've looked at Ohio State and felt less than impressed, outside of Washington, who owns, by the rankings, the best win of the season so far, they beat yeah. number six Oregon. Because remember, the AP polls don't reflect in this at all. This is now how the committee views your win. So as we've seen the rankings pour in here, if you're a team out there sitting wondering why your station is where it is, look at what the committee thought of the teams that you played in this right. first ranking and learn a lot. But for Ohio State, you've got two top 15 wins. You're the only program in the country that can boast that. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're number one. This is the top four I said. I could take in almost any order except Florida State at number one. And that's what we got. Washington, Oregon being next there doesn't surprise me. I thought it was a miss not having Oklahoma ranked above Texas. That's just me. I think especially this early out, head-to-head -head should matter a little bit more. You've got common opponent to Charlotte's point about bad transitive math. Texas whooped Kansas, Kansas beat Oklahoma, and so that other criteria can certainly tilt in favor of Texas with a little bit more recency, as can how Texas has played even without Quinn Ewers, but I don't think that should have been the be-all, end-all there. I think it's fascinating. Alabama, clearly within striking distance, like oh, we talked yeah. about. Very clear path. Controlling your own destiny, I think, is a good way to frame a lot of the college football yep. playoff discussion. And Alabama right now has a good amount of control over their own destiny. The most interesting team going all the way down, because remember going back to year one, the 16th-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes ended up winning the national championship. They are the lowest team, lowest ranking in the first ranking to ever make it to the college football playoff. I would say that that probably stops with Missouri. I know Louisville has one loss. They're ranked 13th, but that loss was a bad blowout one to a yeah. bad pit team. Yep. And usually blowout losses have been a disqualifier for this uh, conversation. Whereas Missouri, you look at the way that they've gone out and acquitted themselves, only lost by 10 and a close one to LSU and have a chance if they go and beat Georgia this week to now take their destiny into their own hands, controlling the SEC East and their path to Atlanta. So still on the table for Missouri at this point for everybody else LSU Notre Dame Oregon State when you get into the two loss territory nope, done. two losses yeah. been a disqualifier so not a ton of surprises in this one but like dad said all of this is going to continue to move on down the road we're very lucky that so many of these matchups are either still on the docket in the regular season or could be potential rematches if things play out the way that they could heading into conference championship weekend way on down the road Whew. all right glad we've gotten that out of the way because coming up next we got to get to the bottom of this. Marcus Jordan, Larsa Pippen, and ha. Michael Jordan, apparently a future best man at his old teammate's wife's wedding. Oh, boy. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It is the day after Halloween, and let me tell you, in the NBA, the costumes did not disappoint, okay? So we had Giannis um, absolutely hulking out. We, we, we had him at his uh, post-game presser just hulking out. We had Shaq. Okay, so here's Giannis. Yeah, he looks good. Like, he looks really good. Uh, My favorite part is he delivered all the answers very sincerely yes. while wearing the whole cans. Yes, and just like kind of smashing them on the table here and there. Uh, then we had Shaq coming out as emo Jimmy Butler, which was one of my favorites, honestly, guys. I mean, unreal. Ah. Yeah. Tonight will be the night that I will ball for you yeah. over again. Yep. Then we had uh, we had Wemby 
with the commitment oh, to the, the bit, Slender Man, he's just cosplaying as his, as himself. I mean, that's just who he is. He is wow. Slender Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just as unsettling as I it expected. Really it really is. Yeah. It's really he is a he is a Slender Man. Now uh, we also had DeAndre Jordan as Taylor Swift, and that uh, was my favorite. Yeah, the commitment oh, yeah. to the yeah. red lip. Yeah, we just love the red it. lip. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow, I didn't more. see that. Good for him. You know oh, what? If yeah. you're going to go, go all the way. Yeah. So everybody, they were all good. They were all good. Wemby really hit the nail on the head because, and he has a good sense of humor because I feel like everyone has been joking about how he's Slender Man and he's like, yeah, here I am. I do feel like this year, and I don't know for anyone that, anyone that, you know, I know, uh, Jesse, you went out and uh, took your daughter trick-or-treating last night. Dad, you guys had trick-or-treaters coming yes. around. Charlotte, I'm sure it was the same for you. I was out doing some field research. I feel like Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, probably one of the most off-used uh, costumes this season, yep. seemed like a slam dunk for a lot of people. So it was nice to see that in action. We didn't might have. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say we didn't see a lot of that here in South Bend. Oh, yeah, I a think lot the of the minute Taylor that Swift, yeah. Mitt Romney and his wife did it was when I was like, maybe we're done. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're done here. We probably should quit after that. Yeah. So thanks for ruining all the fun for us, Romneys. We really appreciate it. Oh, that's um, funny. Lots of great costumes out there, um, but maybe no wilder moment than what we saw yesterday before any of the costumes got done and the candy got handed out. Charlotte, I've been so excited to talk to you about this since Jump. So yesterday on Pablo Torre Finds Out, which is a great podcast that you guys should all check out. Pablo's done a phenomenal job with that since the Jump. And yesterday might have been the crown jewel, not only for Pablo, but Charlotte, I feel like all of your training culminated in a moment yesterday where you and Pablo got a chance to sit down and talk to Marcus Jordan, son of Michael Jordan, and Larsa Pippen, the ex-wife of Michael Jordan's former backcourt mate, Scottie Pippen, who are now set to be married. Larsa Pippen, Larsa Pippen, the also real housewife star, getting ready to marry her for Michael Jordan's former teammates or Scottie Pippen's former teammate's son. You guys got to sit down and talk with them about all of this. Walk us through this. We saw that Marcus wants his dad to be the best man at the wedding, which I have to imagine would be weird as all hell. What was the strangest moment of that conversation for you yesterday? Honestly, when they signed on to the Zoom and there they were. And I was like, because I because we had listened to their whole podcast. They have like a 15 episode podcast called Separation Anxiety about how they can't bear to be apart and talking about their relationship, but also sort of not talking about it. Like our takeaway from this was that they really didn't get as I, I didn't they didn't get as messy as I wanted them to. And I told them that. And Larsa <laughs> Larsa was like, I have no interest in, you know, this is my life, but I don't want to I don't want to light anybody else up if they don't ask to be lit up. And I'm like, well, you're sort of lighting up your ex-husband just by the nature of what you're doing. But she, you know, I. I I was shocked that I came away believing they're in love. I, like, I really, I really think that, I don't know. It's very, it's a very confusing situation, Mike, but uh, we had listened to their whole podcast. And so when they signed on, it was like being inside the podcast. And we had also already recorded the segment where we talked about listening to the podcast. And all of a sudden I felt bad about some of the things I had said about listening to their podcast when they're sitting in front of me. And we told them that at the end of the interview, we were like, you've been delightful. I'm really sorry that you're going to hear the things we said before. But <laughs> also, it's sort of valid based on what you guys did on your podcast. So I, the whole thing is just like surreal, really. It's, it was surreal. It's the troubling nature, Dad, of... And I mean, we all work in a public medium, dad, your whole life and our whole lives have basically been made public in a certain way. But this particular romantic life from a person who is already a reality star with a person who's related to the most famous basketball player of all time does feel like an extra layer of the onion. And, and I do believe there's one like a 17 year age difference, I think, uh, with the two of them. So for someone like me and maybe others out there, Charlotte, that don't follow this as closely, I know of the situation, mm -hmm. but I haven't listened to podcasts about it, of how in depth. How are relationships here with the ancillary people? Obviously, the Scottie Pippins and the Michael Jordans of the world. Well, that was one of the. The real most shocking thing to me was when Larsa said, if Michael didn't approve, we wouldn't be together, 
Uh, really? Which is fascinating huh. because when asked when he was in France over the summer, someone yelled, do you approve of your son dating <laughs> Larsa Pippen? And he said no. And he sort of laughed when he said it. And Marcus was like, to me, that was just my dad. Like, that's our relationship. My dad makes fun of me and we trash talk and that's how it is. And so I saw it and I knew he was just kidding. And he was like, and he texted me and he was like, hey, this just happened. But and I'm also like, who's a reliable narrator here? Like, did he actually right. text you? Because and, and Marcus was like, Larsa was really upset. And Larsa's sitting there being like, yeah, that was bad. Like, that didn't feel good. And I said to I asked them, I was like, is any part of this like was was the danger of this and the sort of forbiddenness of this enticing to you? Like, is this part of why this happened? And they were both like, no, absolutely not. Like Larsa said she was like, if if Michael had really not approved of this, we would not be together. And she and they were like, our families are both supportive of this. So we're going for it. And. I, there's a lot to unpack there, right? And it also, like, they never say Scotty's name. Like, she always says my ex. Oh, really? Oh, really? So they just completely yeah. put him off to the side. Yeah, and who knows? Like, I, I said, too, on, on the podcast before we brought them in, I was like, who knows what that relationship was like? She said it was only good, but you never know. So th there, there's so many layers here and so many things that they aren't saying and yet they have a podcast that is very public that it gets a little convoluted where you're and I asked them, I was like, why aren't you guys messier? Um, so <laughs> I guess I'm just like I'm still a little confused by what the end goal. It's like they want the attention economy. They want to be famous. They want all the things that comes with that, but they don't want to divulge enough to really keep people hooked. They sort of want it both ways, um, which I think is fascinating. I think they're going to be hooked enough on name value alone. And yeah. I feel like at some point we've seen Scotty Pippen do the book tour before. I think he was also slinging oh, whiskey yeah. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd imagine we're going to hear from Scotty on this and that's going to reignite an entire other version of this news cycle. Dad, you know, a, a couple things trying to date someone or be with someone 17 years younger. sounds exhausting. Uh, <laughs> sounds like I would need a nap all the time. Uh, and, and do asking like or getting permission or does the you know the father approve i think has basically just been a formality you do that just out of being nice i mean if, if chris's father didn't approve i still would have married chris i do would try and, and repair the relationship or whatever it is you try and make it better especially with her dad who was he was he was a tough man uh but I, I'm kind of surprised they said if Michael didn't approve that they wouldn't be going through with this. I mean, one's 32, one's 49. I mean, these are adults here. I was surprised, too. And it also made me wonder how valid that was. Um, but I think the fact that she said it, which was so surprising, made me think it was true. That was sort of the theme of this whole thing. I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but I believe you guys. And like Mazel Tov, I hope you're very happy. <laughs> yeah, this is to dad's point about dating someone much younger than you. This is sort of the the inverse of the famous Solomon, Missouri thread after Del Curry and his wife separated about you don't want to be out here anymore. Yes. It actually feels like Larsa very much wants to be oh, out here wow. and that she very much is going to be in the group chat, very much knows what a charcoal smoothie tastes like all of the things in here so if you missed it check out charlotte and pablo did phenomenal work talking to uh marcus jordan and larsa pippen check out oddball wherever you get your podcast with charlotte and amin el hassan charlotte always great to have you here buddy we really appreciate it you guys are the best thank you so much